Well, welcome back, everybody, to Laying the Points with Farley Betts and Bobo Betts. Steve, we are back. Uh, it's been quite a day for me, Steve. It's been quite a day. I shot a groundhog today. Wasn't easy for me. Uh, you smashed your computer, so I feel like you've had one hell of a day. We've had tech issues. We've had nature issues, but who gives a shit? Steve, we're back. It's the, it's the start of the NFL season here in two days. How are you, buddy? It's so great to be back with you. I'm good, man. I got the uh, pent-up anger out of my system. It's a new NFL season, new computer, so can't get any better now at this point. Yeah, you sent me a picture of your computer on the ground, and I'm like, oh, that's awesome. That must be so cathartic. And then like two <laughs> seconds later, you sent me a picture of a brand-new computer. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> you know, you just shot over to the Mac store, huh? Yeah, just shot over to the Mac store when you're uh... – premium pick write-ups are getting deleted you get a little mad so uh not gonna let that happen anymore <laughs> i don't think anyone's gonna judge you for throwing it on the ground uh but also at the same time when you when you i mean this is gonna sound so pricky but when you win fifth place in circa you you, you could probably afford a new mac just like that so it's no big deal my man but no this is this is a new year it's a new season um of course steve is my partner in the circa millions contest we have Two entries this year. Very excited about it. And let me just say this disclaimer at the top of the show. If you think you're going to have any idea of what our circuit picks are from this show, think again. You're not going to know. We're just going to lean on this show, but we're going to give you our thoughts, our takes, our angles, as we always do, because this is part of our process. And it worked well last year, Steve. So, I don't know. I just felt like it's it, it took forever to get back to this, this routine that we have every week, and it's awesome to be back. Um with that, let me just open and say this very quickly. Check us out, The Odds Breakers. This podcast does run through the, Odd Baker, the Odds Breakers podcast channel. Uh, follow Steve on Twitter at BoboBets, B-O-H-B-O-H-Bets. Follow me at FarleyBets and follow us at The Odds Breakers. You can also get our premium picks there at The Odds Breakers. You'll see us there on the front page. All right. With that, let's not waste any time. The first game of the year, Steve, is the Bills at the Rams. The Rams are two-point underdogs at home. They started off as favorites many moons ago, but now they're the dogs at home. Total is 51 and a half. Let's start with you, Steve. What do you got on this one? Well, you know, one thing we always hear everyone talk about is the Super Bowl hangover. But I was looking into it, and since 2011, uh, those who won the Super Bowl are 8-3 and three in their opening week. So it's actually not really a, a storyline that a lot of us like to think it is, you know, because the ring ceremony and all of that. But you know, expect this to be a battle, as we know. This, is, this could be a preview of the Super Bowl this year, right off the bat. These are the types of games that McVay gets up for. But I think right now the Bills, they're on a mission. They've, they've been in the Buffalo Bills where they got knocked out of the playoffs last year. Uh, Chiefs, Chiefs took it to them last second. They should have won. They This is Super Bowl or bust. They're on a mission. I think they're going to come out hot in this one. And I'm looking to I'm looking to see a high-scoring affair in this one. Yeah, I agree with you on all fronts, man. I mean, the Bills' offense is reloaded. Josh Allen has to be even extra focused, right, after that divisional playoff loss. Um, I don't think it's necessarily going to be a Super Bowl hangover for the Rams or that they're necessarily going to be clumsy in this one. But we also don't know, you know, of course the Rams talk about Stafford's elbow like it's no issue, but we really don't know if it's not an issue. I mean, it sounds like something that could be aggravated pretty easily too. Um, but the Rams are going to be the Rams. McVay is great. Stafford's going to be great again. They got they got so many weapons again, offense and defense. But like you, dude, I think the Bills are just 
they're just dying to get out there on the field. And I think they're going to be really aggressive and it's going to feel like they have momentum from the jump. So maybe take the bills early in this one. I also have to lean the bills and lead lean towards the over too, which is starting to get juiced up a little bit. So that might rise. So if you want to take that over, maybe take it now. All right, let's move on to the 49ers and the bears. 49ers are a disrespectful seven point favorite on the road at Chicago totals 41 and a half. I'll handle this one first, Steve. Uh, slight lean to the over. I'll say that, first of all, just because the 49ers might score 41 points on their own against the Bears. Now, it is week one, right? So we can't get ahead of ourselves. Like That's sort of you know, going to be our narrative this whole time, right? It's like, we really don't know. I mean, it's week one. Mm-hmm. We can look on paper. We know from previous expectations. But week one is always crazy. That being said, I think the 49ers have one of the best rosters in the NFL. No one's talking about their defense. It's just as good as last year, if not better. Uh, at every positional group, they are exceptional. The Bears, on the other hand, I think they could have one of the worst defensives. the wor- One of the worst Bears defenses that we've seen in a very long time. Feel bad for Justin Fields. Just the, the, t- the talent on this roster, on offense especially, I don't know where it's going to come from. Montgomery is good, and Justin Fields has the tools, but they just – I don't just – it's, it's just tough for me to, like, manufacture the Bears being a competitive out, outfit. But it is week one. That being said, man, I think seven's right, and I think the 49ers are probably the right side. But, again, it's a big line. What do you got here? Yeah, it is a big line. It's on the road in Chicago. That always kind of maybe makes you a little weary, weary big lines like this, especially on the road week one. Uh, big questions for me is going to be Trey Lance and everyone else. We we saw him struggle in preseason. How much of an indication is that going to actually carry over into this season? And then the restructured signing of Jimmy G, you know, kind of raises red flags to me as well. Is that are they doing that so they're able to maybe move him along easier later, or is this their safety net just in case after three weeks things aren't really going well with Lance and they're able to fall back on him? Bears, like you said, they're going to struggle offensively. You know, Darnell Mooney has been impressing on on offense. So he is one of their weapons. Seven points is a lot. And with Justin Fields being able to make plays and be a playmaker, they could be able to be in a position where very late down by 10 come in with a backdoor situation. Uh, Right now with Trey Lance and the unknown factors of that offense being able to maybe produce all – um, any sort of offense as, as well as we saw him work in the preseason, I might lean the bears on this one at home. Yeah. I mean, that would be, a, <laughs> it'd be a scary, scary pick. Absolutely. Yeah. Scary, but there's a, but there's a lot of those this week, right? A lot of those. Happen. And um, you know, just a lot of people, if you just think would just say right off the bat, take the Niners with no hesitation. Yep. And when you get into these kind of situations, more times than not, the, the majority is going to be wrong and Vegas will win and clean yeah, up and, in those the, spots. Yeah, Vegas knows exactly what they're doing there. Okay, let's move on to another seven-point favorite. Actually, let's just cover a few of them here. This one's really interesting, Steve, because the Texans, which is, I'll just say, it's a bet that I really liked, but I don't know as much anymore. It's down to seven now. Mm-hmm. Now, now uh, you know, this was a 10-point spread, or, or at least close to it, Um you know, a few months ago, probably at this point. So if you got that line, really, I mean, and, and that's kind of a great best practice moving forward, right, guys? If you, any, anyone in the audience, if you see a line of week one at 10, maybe just take it because that is a huge line for week one. 
divisional game, Colts and Texans. It's at Houston. Totals 46, and the line was eight earlier today, and it is down to seven now in favor of the Colts. What do you got here, Steve? Well, as we know, it's going to come down for Texans with, I think, their running game and Damian Pierce, their their new running uh, rookie running back. If they can get him going, I think they have a really sh- a good shot to stay in this game. Uh, we saw it last year. Dave, Davis Mills, he showed some flashes. Brandon Cooks, he had a quiet a quiet year in a sense no one was really talking about him because he was the Texans, but he put up some numbers last year. He was doing very well. So in this Houston team, they would sometimes lay down, but other times in their division specifically, they would get up for these kind of matches. Um, there we go saying matches because I'm so used to soccer right now. <laughs> uh, these kind of games, but you know, Matt Ryan, the big, uh, big addition for the Colts this year. I'm still kind of skeptical. Is that, is that really a, a huge improvement for that team, or is it more of a lateral move from Wentz? If they can get Jonathan Taylor going and he has the same type of year as he did last year, then look out. But oftentimes, more than not, we see players that have huge breakout years like that have a little bit of regression. Division game, a lot of points, Houston at home. You could still find find yourself, I think, being comfortable taking, taking Houston in this spot. Yeah, I, I think that's still the side to lean at least, um, you know, really like the eight. Uh, like those larger numbers even more. I just I think the Texans are going to be feisty, and they're going to be especially feisty in games like this. Lovey Smith obviously taking over, you know, famed uh, glory years with the Bears defense back when is like 15 years ago now, or so. But I mean, the Texans are going to play hard on defense, and I agree with you, man. Davis Mills, not the worst rookie quarterback last year by a long shot, mm-hmm. and he's got some moxie to him, man. He's not afraid. He he can be aggressive with the ball. I think he could, even if the Texans were down by 10 or 14 points, I could see a back to recover here as well. Um, obviously, Jonathan Taylor is going to take on a load for the Colts, but, I mean, we're everybody's like, I don't know. I don't hear a lot of negative sentiment about Matt Ryan with the Colts, and I understand that approach. You know, I understand that perspective, but Matt Ryan's not in his prime anymore either. And the Colts <laughs> wide receivers have, you know, Michael Pittman, okay. You know, he, he can be good. He's not consistent. So – I think if, you know, defense is kind of load up the box against Matt Ryan and his, you know, not as pristine arm as it used to be, you know, they, they could stop the Colts. The Colts, that might not have all been, you know, Carson Wentz's, uh, you know, lack of um, showing up, uh, you know, last year. This might be a Colts offense that's a little limited from that perspective in general. So I'm going to lean still towards the Texans, uh, but that line is, that's indicative of some things, Steve, starting to move and people are starting to take the Texans a little more seriously in that spot. Let's go to Ravens and the Jets. Another seven-point spread. Jets at home. Uh, Zach Wilson, I think he was supposed to be evaluated today. Did you hear, hear any news about that? Is it still Flacco at this point? I, last I saw that it was NFL still – insider Steve Norman, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> last I saw that it was – there was still like a very, very outside chance Wilson could play. But yeah. I think we, we all need to prepare and get under the notion that it's going to be Flacco, especially – uh, Wilson hasn't played in a preseason game since he got hurt. I think they're going to ease him back in. Yeah, and if you ask me, Zach Wilson, you know, the line would probably go down if that was the case, but I, I think that's wrong. I mean, I'd rather have Joe Flacco in there, you know, wily veteran. I mean, he's a statue, but, you know, at least he can still make the throws. It's his former team. Maybe that, you know, gets him up a little bit more. Zach Wilson just, up until this point, it's just a lot of bad decision-making on the field, and, until that, you know, completely flips and he proves that he doesn't do that over a whole year. I don't know if I trust Zach, but 
and I'll talk a little bit more about the Ravens here in this game. I think the Ravens are going to show up very buttoned up in this, very aggressive. Uh, they absolutely reloaded on defense. I think they have one of the best secondaries in the NFL heading into this season. Um, they have a good front seven. Obviously, Lamar Jackson is back and healthy. Obviously, J.K. Dobbins is back and healthy. Questionable how good those wide receivers are going to be, but this is a prove-it year for Lamar, who's still working on that contract. This is one of those games where I, I would probably rather still bet on the Ravens and the Jets, even though it's a home dog. Do you agree? Yeah, I, I really do like the Ravens in this one. One thing that I was actually surprised when I was doing some research today is um, uh, J.K. Dobbins is actually doubt maybe doubtful for week yeah. one, believe, believe it or not. And But they did sign Kenyon Drake, so they do have a, a reliable veteran in that sense. But f- for me, this is, this is the whole offseason has been about Lamar Jackson and his contract. He's going to go into this season, and I think he's going to have a huge chip on his shoulder, and he's going to come out uh, firing. And I, I fully expect the Ravens to make a statement week one on the road. Um, usually you would like narratives with Joe Flacco facing his former team, but I don't think he has enough juice left in the tank. He's more of a dink and dunk guy at, at this point. I don't think he can is really going to be able to stretch the field, especially with a healthy Ravens defense. And also when you're on the road, reliable kicker such as Justin Tucker and one of the better coaching staffs in the NFL just have to really lean the Ravens on this one, I think. Yeah, I think it's going to have to take like a big turnover or something for the Jets to stay in this game at the end. All right, Steve, big moment for you here. A lot of hype on the Philadelphia Eagles. Steve's got his Eagles hat on. For those of you watching on YouTube, which we will uh, try to upload this on on, on YouTube every week afterwards. Uh, there's so many things to do every week in the NFL and our prep, uh, but I will I will try to get better at that. The Eagles are four-point favorites on the road at Detroit against the Hard Knocks team. Totals 48 and a half. What do you got here, Steve? Well, it's it's pretty interesting for me that this line really hasn't moved at all since I saw the lines come out, what was it, last May or whenever they did come out, plus uh, at, at four. And we have two, two uh, competing narratives, right? We have Philadelphia with them stacking up with A.J. Brown and all the media attention that they've been getting, people really hyping them up. Uh, sometimes drawing the comparisons to be like, don't get too hyped because of the dream team years and all of that. And we have Detroit Lions who have been on hard knocks. And usually you feel like teams on hard knocks are going to get some action on them just because the storylines being more invested with them, seeing them, you know, the average fan is going to maybe lean on them a little more. And the only narrative I can really draw up on this one so far is Philadelphia went into the Detroit last year and beat them by over 40 and I feel like with Dan Campbell and his grit attitude this is bulletin board material for this Detroit Lions team to come out and really give their best effort of football I don't think they're going to be in a spot where the Eagles are going to come in and be able to run over them like they did last year it's the first game of the season it's on the road Detroit played San Francisco last year first game of the season and depending on when you got their line they actually backdoor covered the line they were really good they were one of the best teams last year at covering lines i think at home being over that key number three might be a good time to lean on detroit for this one yeah and it's an interesting matchup in the sense that the lions should still have one of the best offensive lines in the nfl so they can go toe-to-toe with the eagles you know the eagles are going to win a lot of battles in the trenches at least that's what it looks like on paper all the talent you guys have but at least the Lions can, you know, give Jared Goff some protection, which means they could stay in the game, right, as long as they can keep the passing game going. Uh, but I, I got to say, Steve, and I've been saying this to you all offseason, I think the hype is deserved on paper. 
we'll see what happens. Whereas the Lions, and you know, a lot of that is a lot of this is because I mean, people like the Lions even pre hard knocks, but now that's even more inflated a little bit. It seems like so it, it is interesting that this line isn't isn't moving. Maybe it's just hype against hype, right? Right. Uh, but, I don't, but I don't really have anything else to add. I think this could be. I lean towards the over. Um, I'll put it that way because you know after that blowout loss to the Eagles last year. I think the Lions are going to find a way to put up some points in this one. And I expect the Eagles to be able to against the Lions defense that, I mean, they really haven't proven much yet. Right. Uh, you know, we'll see what the rookie has to do there on the end, but uh, I'm not, I'm not expecting the Lions to be like a top defense all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's go Steelers Bengals. I'll take this one first. Steelers are six and a half point dogs on the road against the Bengals. Totals are 44. I think that total is about right. You know, it kind of says, Hey, I don't, I don't know which way I'm going to go here, but it is an AFC North divisional matchup, right? So, I mean, these are usually sloppy, right? You kind of have to grind through them. They're gritty. Um, Steve, we we probably have the same take on this one, right? It's just like last year, right? The Steelers open up the season. Uh, you know, Ben Roethlisberger's old. You, you know, the Steelers are facing the Bills, and the Steelers just win straight up. And how do they win straight up? Turnover, special teams, all kinds of things going on. But that's what the Steelers do year and year and year uh, goes on and on, right? And, and Tomlin just wins, man. He just, like, makes it happen. So here we go. Steelers are six-and-a-half-point dogs again, a divisional matchup this year. I know the Bengals were in the Super Bowl this year, but it just seems too easy that the Bengals are just going to steamroll the Steelers in week one. A lot of depth on the Steelers' defense still, especially on their defensive line. I think Mitch Trubisky is going to be just fine. Is he going to blow, you know, is he going to be a top 10 quarterback this year? Probably not, but I think he's going to, he's going to fare. Okay. They they have some talent on the Steelers, right? Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Najee Harris is going to run hard for you every single week. Poorest offensive line though. It doesn't look like they have a great offensive line. So we'll see how that holds up, but I'm not too scared of that against the Bengals front seven. So lean towards the Steelers for now and no play on the total. What do you got here, Steve? Yeah, it's, it's not too often we see Steelers in situations where they're getting six and a half points. You know, we took advantage of it last year, week one, against the Bills on the road. I think it is a good spot to take advantage of it again this year. We saw the Bengals take care of the Steelers twice last year, 24-10, 41-10. The second game, they really blew them out. So uh, you, you would kind of hope to think maybe Steelers, that's a little bit of bulletin board material for them to come back into this one and uh, not lay down as, as much in that one. Mitch Trubisky is going to be a big question mark this year. I, I think he's going to be very capable. We saw him sit behind Josh Allen in the Bills. He yep. was still a quarterback that was able to get bad Bears teams to to uh, to playoffs. And besides a terrible kicker with the double doing, could have made it to a second round of a playoff. So he has shown flashes. He shows he's capable. How will they utilize Najee Harris? I kind of would like to see them maybe lean on him a little bit more this year, especially with maybe not as much of an established quarterback in Trubisky. But I think at six and a half, Steelers can definitely hang in this one, and maybe we're looking for a, a, a field goal type of game. All right, let's go to Saints-Falcons. Saints are five-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Totals 42-and-a-half. Uh, one thing I, I've been so impressed with, actually, is Jameis Winston. If you listen to him talk, a lot of people um, laugh, want to make fun of like how he speaks. But I've just seen um, this, this guy grow and mature. He has been putting in the work. He absolutely loves football. He doesn't take it for granted. I think he's a leader. I think that team actually buys in and respects him. Uh, we don't have any issues with Kamara and uh, being suspended. We got the new the new rookie down there, wide receiver Michael Thomas coming back. New head coach, but against 
a very, very weak Atlanta Falcons defense going against a very – and Falcons going against a very strong deep uh, Saints defense. And we know Jameis Winston is not afraid to air it out. I could see the Saints putting up a double-digit win in this one. Yeah, the big – I agree with everything you said. I, you know, the Saints is a very exciting team heading into the season. I mean, Chris Olave as their third choice at wide receiver, he showed some some real burst already in the preseason as a playmaker, right? And then they still have Michael Thomas. Now they have Jarvis Landry, who is a very unheralded wide receiver. I mean, the guy just – he always puts in work. He always gets catches. He'll always get your first down. Another thing that Baker Mayfield was lucky to have for years there with the Browns. Um, but, you know, the Saints are – they're pretty low. I mean, on both sides of the ball, they're loaded. And especially on defense, you can argue they have the best roster on defense in the NFL. This is just one of those games where it's weird, right? Because what, how, how much can we weigh Sean Payton not being there this year, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, look how ready to go they were in week one last year when they blew out the Packers. Everybody was shocked by that one. Um, are they going to be as prepared for this week one game? I don't know, but I agree with everything you said. I think the potential is there. Cannot trust Marcus Mariota and the Atlanta Falcons defense, even at home. But I'm also not too, you know, trigger happy here to just place a quick play uh, on the Saints. I think this line's about right, although I would I would argue that you probably could make it even higher. There's just so many unknowns, and it is a divisional matchup, right? So mm-hmm. we've got to respect that at least. Let's go to Baker Mayfield, who I love to hate on. Browns and Panthers, this line is at two now in favor of the Panthers at home. You could have got the Panthers for plus four a long time ago. I believe Steve got on that side of the Panthers. Um, I missed out. But now, Steve, I might look to play back on the Browns. Uh, a total is 42 here, by the way. I mean, at the end of the day, right, if we're putting um, our, our, our money on the Panthers and, you know, I- expecting them to cover this line at home because of the Baker Mayfield revenge angle, then I would have to ignore – all the things that I feel about about Baker Mayfield from seasons past. And it's really hard for me to do that. You know, he, he's a rhythm quarterback. Sometimes he can show up. They have some talent on that offense and DJ Moore and obviously Christian McCaffrey. But offensive line, ugh, not looking great. Defense, not a lot of jumps off the page for me. Yeah, they still have Shaq Thompson or whatever. Like, you, know, you know, who cares, right? Um, so I just – as far as roster goes, on paper goes, which is so little, really, of what happens every Sunday. But on paper, the Browns have a much more talented roster still. Um, kind of leaning towards the Browns now, but we've been back and forth about this game a little bit, I know, in our conversations in the past. So what are you thinking now? Right. I mean, I tweeted out before the Baker Mayfield news and the um, Deshaun Watson news. Uh, now's a good time to take the Panthers at plus four because – seeing everything, the writing on the wall with what was going to happen there. But if we're looking at it now at this point, the line just jumped to one and a half, actually. <laughs> um, if, we're <laughs> lo- if, we're, if we're looking at it at this point, I mean, the, the angle that, you know, the revenge factor for Baker Mayfield is so strong to take and really like that. But Baker Mayfield is emotional. Baker Mayfield tries to really overplay sometimes, and it could do harm. And this Browns team is very, very loaded, as we know. Jacoby Brissett is a veteran in this league. He he could definitely run an NFL offense, and if especially if they're getting their running backs going and Chubb, and I believe Hunt's still there, right? They're, he's not moving yet. He's still full go to be his backup. If they get yep. that running game going, it makes it a lot easier for a quarterback. And that defense containing Baker Mayfield might not be 
because they're going to have a chip on their shoulder too to hit this dude. Let's not forget that angle. They probably hate the dude. So I think right now at plus one and a half, if you're, may, I might start going the other way and leaning towards the Browns with that kind of line. Yeah, I mean, let's put it this way: Baker Mayfield, who thinks he's athletic, if Miles Garrett gets around that corner, he's not running away. Mm-hmm. Like he's not, he, he's not going to escape. And then you got, you know, Clowney, who's still on any given play, right? Clowney could still be a very elite pla- um, pass rusher. Yeah, it's just tough. You know, the narrative for such a long time was Panthers, but now that the line has switched to this extent, and it's starting to go back towards the Browns, right? It was a two and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is going to be this is going to be a more interesting game than it probably should be because of these narratives. But uh, I don't think the Panthers are going far this year. But that's we'll see if they play out of their minds in Week One. All right, Patriots at Dolphins. This is now at three and a half. This just happened today because I know it was at three earlier today. That's interesting because now you're getting the Patriots and the hook if you want to play on the Patriots in this one. At Miami, uh, totals 46 and a half. What do you got here, Steve? Well, my uh, my biggest angle I'm looking at is what is making this uh, what is making this line three and a half that the Patriots aren't are it's moving up, right? I think a lot of people are taking the Dolphins because the new weapon they have in Tyreek Hill. And from me looking at that, I was looking at his past performance against the Patriots in 2017, 2018, he went off against them 133 yards, 142 yards. Then Bill Belichick dialed in on him. 2019 and 2020, he was held for both 62 yards and 64 yards. Belichick figured out how to contain Tyreek Hill. Then I don't think the Dolphins with Tua are going to be able to really be able to move the ball and yeah, we saw Mac Jones struggling in preseason, but what is the stock that we need to take on preseason with offenses? I saw Sam Bradford throw three touchdowns for the Eagles against Green Bay Packers with Chip Kelly in preseason. You know how that turned out? Awful. So I think it with the hook on the road, Patriots, Bill Belichick going against a rookie head coach, got to take the Patriots with Belichick, I think, in that one. Yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough not to for me, too. I mean, um, Patriots are just are just again, yeah. There's you know question marks about the coaching, right? You know Matt Patricia's there, but I mean maybe that's part of it or something. There's some chatter about Mac Jones in the off season, but uh, the one narrative alone, the pure narrative that Tua somehow is three and zero against Bill Belichick, and we know that they've stumbled at times later in the season in Miami. They're down there early, you know. They're already in South Florida. They're trying to get acclimated. I just think that Bill Belichick is going to throw the kitchen sink at Tua, man. And at this point, listen, this that offense might be very fluid, very very dangerous as the season goes on. It's week one. It's the, it's the first regular season game that Mike McDaniels has ever coached. And mm-hmm. he's just going to knock off Bill. You know, 99 times out of 100, I'm probably rather going to take Bill Belichick in the hook. And now, I mean, you're getting over a key number there. So uh, I think we've said enough there. You can probably tell which side we're leaning on that one. Jaguars and Commanders. Uh, the Commanders are two and a half point favorites at home. Totals forty four. I mean, this game is kind of it's just kind of ugly for me. I'm very very interested to see how Trevor Lawrence plays in this game because I do think that he is the all world talent that everybody thinks he is. It's just if any one coach could you know almost single handedly destroy the potential of a team. Urban Meyer did that last year. Excuse me on the Jaguars. Uh, so it's a it's a fresh start for the Jaguars. It's probably why this line is going down a little bit. There's some sell signs on me for the Washington Commanders because of what we see from them every offseason. There's like 
you know, dissent or some kind of controversy in their front office. Now they have Carson Wentz. Maybe Carson Wentz has a revenge angle a little bit against Doug Peterson in this, their Jaguars new coach. But, you know, that that's what makes this game so tough is that I don't know which car Carson Wentz is going to show up. He has all the potential in the world. I've seen him when he was on Steve's Eagles, you know, win the game almost single-handedly against the Giants before. So he can do it, but I just don't trust him, you know. And 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 this is kind of – this is a big spot for the Jaguars. The Jaguars want to start their season well. You know, they want to prove that they're – it's a, a fresh new beginning for them. So even at two and a half, I would still lean Jaguars. I like the three a lot better. What do you got in this one, Steve? Well, that's exactly it. You you nailed it. Which Carson Wentz is going to show up? And I just don't know. We don't know. And how can you trust anyone like that, right? It's at two and a half. It's at a key number because it's going to be a three-point game. It's going to be whoever turns the ball over the least and whoever has that last shot at, at a field goal opportunity. And for me right now, I really don't have a play. And this might be a game that I might just fade in general. Yeah, I think that's probably pretty smart. Okay, let's get into the 4 o'clock games. We'll start with my New York football Giants. If you don't mind, Steve, I'll go first on this one and tear them apart a little bit. Giants are five-and-a-half-point dogs on the road. Totals are 43-and-a-half. I would stay away from totals on the Giants right now because the Giants are historically an under team. They do not score points. But I do think that this year with Brian Dayball, a more creative system, they could be a, a much more fluid offense. Does that mean the Giants are going to win? Does it, mean, does it mean they're going to win week one against the Titans, against Mike Vrabel, who always has his players overperforming? Probably not. You know, that uh, this is just what the Giants do. The Giants have hype and hope, but it doesn't actually come to fruition. And a lot of that is because of Daniel Jones. I think he could he could have a good game here against the Titans, who don't really present, um, you know, a lot of daunting things on defense against the Giants. But on offense, that's the real that's the real question for me here. The offense of the Titans and Ryan Tannehill without A.J. Brown going up against the Giants defense, which I really can't get a good handle on, to be honest with you. Even as a fan, again, there's potential there, but I don't know what the Giants defense is going to look like. Don Wink Martindale should bring a more aggressive scheme, but sometimes that allows way too many people to be open, and Tannehill is a smarter quarterback. Um, so this is one of those games where it's probably lined right. You could probably argue on both sides that the Giants will play it closer. Maybe the Titans will blow them out. I don't know, but I'll say this. The Giants, I think, are going to be better this year. I think they're going to cover more games, but it comes down to Daniel Jones and what he does in clutch time under pressure. And I just think – I feel strongly that Daniel Jones just doesn't have that it factor under pressure. I hope I'm wrong, and we'll, and we'll see what Dayball and his new system does. Uh, and, and I'll say one more thing. Saquon Barkley will have a better year. He will have a, he will have a better year with the Giants. Their offensive line is a little better, and they're going to try and scheme the ball to him. Uh, but again, this is just this is this is me trying not to get too hopeful about their first game. I am, I will not have a play on this game, Steve. <laughs> All right, how do you feel? Well, I think I think it comes down to what type of player is Saquon Barkley going to be. Is he going to be more towards his rookie year or more towards the latter years that we've seen uh, with just being with plagued with injuries? If he can get going, then they have a real shot of being in this game to at least cover. So that that that's my biggest question mark. Giants had some good news saying that Sterling Shepard is going to be ready to go yep, for week, yep. week one. So that's a pretty uh pretty pretty reliable receiver for them. You're not really sure what we're going to get with Galladay, and we'll see on the Titans side replacing AJ Brown. They they drafted Traylon Burks, and that he's supposed to be uh 
the replacement for him and they have a major role plan for him. So are they going to be able to adapt quickly or is there going to be some growing pains there? You never know with rookie receivers, how they're going to, how it's going to translate to the NFL. And of course we got King Henry in the backfield. And like you said, not really sure about this Giants defense. Are they going to be able to contain him to limit the damage? Five and a half is one of those games where you look at those lines and it's either a blowout or it's either really close. And I think I would lean maybe possibly on the angle of Barkley, like everyone is saying, is going to have a lot better year this year. Then I'm going to lean more to it being closer, I think. And the one thing I'll say, just to play contrarian about Saquon Barkley for everybody who believes in him this year, and I do too. I mean, I, I think the setup is there for him. He has a reckless abandon about him a little bit when he is healthy that, that makes him prone to injury, right? I mean, he explodes and he's not afraid to explode. But in the NFL, when you have 300 pounders who can run four sixes, you know, heading, you know, heading right at you, sometimes exploding into a scene causes an injury. And, and I just I certainly hope that as much as I want Saquon to, you know, to take over the league and to have something like his rookie year, if he keeps doing that, man, like he has to play smarter too. So that's another, it's another thing just to watch out for for Saquon. Okay, let's go, Chiefs Cardinals. This line is up to six on the Chiefs. I agree with that line movement because I think this could be a blowout, folks. Totals at fifty-four here, Steve. What do you got on the Chiefs and Cardinals? Yeah, I saw it move drastically from four to six. It was was pretty surprised to see that big of a, a movement, but. I was just kind of questioning in the sense last year we saw Chiefs get off to kind of a slow start. There was actually questions if they would even make the playoffs at one point, if we recall, by like week five. And Cardinals were red hot last year. So is that theme going to continue this year for the Chiefs? Are they going to be off to a slow, slower start or are they going to pick right up? Kind of a, a different looking team, not having Tyreek Hill there, see how they're going to adapt. But when Pat Mahomes during preseason, when he did come in, he w- he was still finding the end zone seemed rather rather easy and uh, Kyler Murray getting his big contract a lot of people raising questions for that is he really deserving of it they're they're relying on this guy to to show up and personally I think the Chiefs just might be a little bit too much for them at this point yeah I I think so too there's just a lot of sell signs in the Cardinals Kyler Murray's contract you know uh, I mean their defense looks I don't know how they won seven games last year with the way their defense looks this year. There's a lot of the same parts, you know, of course. And then, but they got rid of Chandler Jones, which that's, that's not a great move. I mean, JJ Watt does not have, there's not a lot of depth on that defensive lineup. You know, it's, it's, it's like JJ Watt and everybody else. Um, so I think the chiefs can put up points against the Cardinals. I would look at maybe a chiefs team total. Uh, last time I saw it, it was, you know, 29 and a half and it was juiced, but I could, I could see them still, eclipsing that number right i mean we we see totals like this the reason why they're going up is is because it's going to happen right there's there's not going to be a lot of defense they're not going to be able to stop the chiefs um i smell a blowout here and so i agree with the line movement i certainly would have liked four and a half a lot a lot better than six uh but there's there's you know look uh, the chiefs i think part of the reason why they started off slow last season two is because that offensive line i think four out of those five guys were brand new working together you know so they had to work out some kinks but they still have Travis Kelsey, right, who, who, in my opinion, is the biggest X factor for that offense. He gets open, he's big, he's faster than people think, and they still have a lot of speed. I think the Chiefs have no problem on Sunday. It's week one, who the hell knows, but that's, that's what I'm going with for now. All right, let's go Packers and Vikings. Vikings are plus one and a half at home. Big spot for Kirk to prove that the Vikings are going to do something this year. 
against the perennial AFC North champs and the Packers. Totals at 47. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what the Vikings are going to look like. You know, the, this should be a, a nationwide game at, at 425 on Fox. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to watch. I'm excited to not watch, you know, the Giants and just and just kind of keep track of their score. <laughs> I'll be too nervous anyway. Um, but I, so first I'll say I kind of lean to the over on this one. 47 is probably right where it should be. But I can see this being you know, both teams kind of getting close to the 20s by the fourth quarter. And then Kirk and Aaron going back and forth in that fourth quarter. We see that a lot uh between green bay and minnesota in the previous matchups and i think that's what we could see in week one i don't have a i can't choose a side here steve i think the line is right i think you have to give some respect to the packers even on the road it's it's still aaron Rodgers. their defense is probably going to be better than ever i mean they are loaded on defense um but again i mean i would not be surprised if kirk cousins who who can now air it out a little bit more apparently um and and a very loaded offense with a ton of talent i'm I'm just i would not be surprised if the vikings won this straight up yeah i i was always on the vikings train this uh this off season and i've kind of just switched it i i, I feel <laughs> like off the train. i jumped off the train rather quickly and it's it's pretty simple it's just it's it's too easy to like the vikings at home in this situation considering you look at Aaron Rodgers and you look at the Packers uh, wide receivers and their depth and no one's talking about them and everyone's talking about the Vikings. And I see things pop up guys, podcast, everyone likes the Vikings. A lot of people like the Vikings in this spot yeah. and the line is still Packers favorite at minus one and a half. I don't think Kirk can handle the pressure going against guys like Rodgers. I think this is this. We, we, we like him to show up. But ultimately, I think this is where he does crumble. And Rodgers, you know, depending on which Rodgers we're going to get, if we're going to get Percocet Rodgers, Mushroom Rodgers, <laughs> it's Rodgers. He, he can he can light it up. Hopefully, it's not going to be like last season where he didn't show up week one. But yeah, division, a division game, he takes care of the uh, teams in his division. So I, I, I'm going to I'm going to actually make the tough call and lean more towards the Packers on this one, because I just feel like everyone wants to take the Vikings. I, I like your contrarian angle, Steve. That's a Steve ism right there. All right, let's go. Raiders at Chargers. Chargers are now three and a half point dogs. So you can get the hook with the Raiders if you like them in this one. Totals at 52 and a half. What do you like here, Steve? Man, you know, Chargers made a lot of offseason moves, specifically on defense, bringing in Khalil Mack, cornerback uh, J.C. Jackson from the Patriots. I think they have all the weapons in the world to to go off on offense, and now they have that that defense in the secondary help and and more help on that defensive line to shore it up. Their coach last year would make some ballsy coaching decisions. Probably went through some uh, trials and uh, errors of of learning, but I, I like the aggressiveness in a coach like that, especially when it comes to betting lines and things like that, where. We need that extra down that you know they're going to go for it maybe on fourth down when it's short, short distance. I think three and a half, this is a tough game. I think people are going to buy a little bit too much into the Devontae Adams uh, signing this year. And I, I, I think I think the Chargers come out and have a little bit of a revenge angle from that that uh, end of the season game that let, let them uh, – that costed them from going to the playoffs against the Raiders. I, I got nothing else to say. I think that was all really well said. Uh, you know, the one thing is, if you like the Raiders, it's nice for you because you got the hook. 
a lot of these divisional games are three-point finishers, right? Both teams want to start off hot. So, you you know, it's not like there's going to be any waning motivation here on either side. But for me, the big question is, you know, I, th- I think the Raiders' offense is pretty damn talented. But I do think that the, the Chargers' defense is pretty damn talented. So that's probably an even matchup. The concern here is Justin Herbert, week one, ready to go against a Raiders defense that really hasn't proved much. I mean, some weeks they're formidable. Most weeks they're not. Um, so kind of lean towards the over here. It's it's high for a reason, um, but I could definitely see the Chargers covering this line as well. So no, no real lean for me. Let's go to the Sunday night game. It's a rematch from last year's opening week one matchup between the Bucs and the Cowboys. This time it's in Dallas. Dallas is two and a half point uh, dogs at home. Totals 51. I, you know, I've, I've been saying it, you know, I'm, I'm a little concerned about Tom, Steve. Uh, you know, you see Tom in that press conference and he just looks a little off. You know, his like cheekbones are like in, you know, it's like it's like too much. Like I know that he eats, you know, like asparagus ice cream or whatever, but like he just doesn't look healthy. Um, now, that being said, you know, I'm probably going to laugh at myself on Monday because it's it's Tom Brady. You know, it, I mean, it's the goat. And if he's playing, he's probably going to go all in, as always. And it's the Cowboys, who I think are going to probably have to rely on a lot more on their defense this year because their offense is just kind of – I mean, Michael Gallup's a little banged up. C.D. Lamb, I don't think he's a real number one receiver, Steve. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't think he has that, like, edge that you need, right, to get, like, you know, double coverage all the time. Uh, Zeke is Zeke. You know, they don't use Pollard enough, and their offensive line is a little decimated. So, initially, I like the over in this one. I kind of want to stick with it to be bullish because at the same time, it's still Dak. It's still Tom, you know, and, you know, Dak's going to want to show out. The Cowboys are typically much better at the start of the year. So it's still a slight lean to the over, but it's not a strong lean. And I, I really don't have a play here either because the Cowboys, I'll say this, as, as, you know, as much as the Cowboys are the Cowboys, and I don't think they're going to be as good this year because they started off looking fantastic. Um I, you know, the, this this is one of those games where they're just going to show out, right? They're going to play differently. They're going to look better than they probably are. So if we get the hook with the Cowboys eventually and this gets to three, I might consider it. For now, I'm just going to be off this game. How do you feel, Steve? Yeah, big question mark for me right now is, and it's still up in the air, Chris Godwin, if he's going to be able to go. Right now, as things look, I would probably lean towards he's probably not going to be able to go. Russell Gage is looking to be on track with his hamstring injury. So, and it's definitely wide receivers that we're going to be looking at here because the Cowboys, that's my biggest question mark here is they, they don't really have any at all that I think Michael Gallup's banged up. I don't think he's going to go week one. Um, CD lamb, like you said, is he's a slot receiver and he's going to be their number one. We have guys like Jalen Tolbert, Noah Brown, Simi Fahuko. We just don't know these names. It doesn't mean they're they're uh, they're bad, but it's just yeah. a lot of a lot of unknown with this Cowboys team. We we say it, they've moved more towards a a one two punch, a running back committee with Zeke and Tony Pollard, which has has been a nice change of pace because Pollard is at this point, I think, starting to outshine Zeke a little bit. They're gonna have to rely on their defense, and I'm just questioning Trayvon Diggs. You know, he got a lot of hype last year. But we saw this offseason, he had to shut down his social media account, kind of getting burnt a couple times. So is that something that Tom Brady's going to exploit? And like you said, how is Tom Brady? He looks a little malnourished. I'm not sure if it's because he's so <laughs> in shape or he, he just doesn't look – it looks different. But 
I think at the end of the day, everyone's talking about Tom Brady taking off the t- uh, that that time for whatever it was, and this could just be a double mu- double mu- middle finger from them after the game when they win by, <laughs> exactly. win by ten. So yeah. we, it's Tom Brady. At the end of the day, you're never wrong putting your money on Tom Brady. Yeah, that, that that's certainly how it feels, right? I, I mean, Cowboys played them hard last year, so that's that's just like still in my head. But mm-hmm. uh, would not be surprised if they just wax the Cowboys, especially with the how the Cowboys look on offense. Final game, Steve: Denver Broncos at the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson returns home, uh, and I know you got a great some great thoughts on this one. Totals of forty five. Yeah, six and a half now. Uh, the, the line has moved up. I think it started at five and a half. I believe. Uh, four. It actually opened up at four, believe it or not. Now it's wow. six and a half. Yeah, that's what really raised a lot of red flags for me because we, as we were talking, you and I before, if we think back to last year when Tom Brady had to go into the Patriots and to play his former team as a buck, the line was at seven. And just hearing the noise, hearing a lot of people say, I would bet the farm on Tom Brady. Of course, we went contrarian in that. It's just one of those games where you can look at it from both sides. Like, Russell Wilson knows that team very well, but also Seattle knows Russell Wilson very well. And all it takes for Jano Smith is to hit one five yard slant to DK Metcalf and him shake a, uh, a corner and he's gone. So this could be a closer game than we expect just because it is the Seattle Seahawks. They could maybe potentially get up a little bit to play the former quarterback and Russell Wilson. Um, it, it's probably a game I'm going to uh, lay off for, specifically for Circa, um, but I I would probably lean towards Seattle right now. Honestly, I think I thought the uh, the spread should have been about ten when I handicapped it. Yeah, um, this well, this is why I love partnering with you, Steve, because I you know it, there's a lot of there's a lot to love about the Broncos, a lot. You know, I mean on. On offense, I, I they have a lot of weapons, man. They might have just as good of a one-two running back duo, duo as the Browns do, right? I mean, Javante Williams could is, is set to just absolutely explode this year. They still have Melvin Gordon. Um, you know, Cortland Sun is is legit. Jerry Judy is legit. Um, and you know, brain fart, of course, but their third wide receiver, speedy guy. I think he's a really good he's a really good fit for them too. I I love him getting off injury and getting some more opportunity. Um, so there's a lot, there's a lot of sentiment about the Broncos that I like, but then if there's any game of the year, I don't care that it's the first game of the year. If there's any game of the year that, um, Pete Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle want to prove that they're a formidable opponent, it has to be this one against Russell Wilson. Uh, so I, I just, I guess I'll say this. I caution betters. I'm being like, oh yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> Broncos survivor pick, you know, Broncos teaser pick. Oh, yeah. You know, I would just caution it because this is set up motivationally, right? Psychologically to be one of those games where the Seahawks who are still pro football players play over their fucking heads. Right. And that's just what happens mm-hmm. sometimes. So mm-hmm. um, I just, it's going to be, you know, the tough part is it's Monday night football. So everyone's going to be, they just, you know, we just got finished with the full slate of NFL action. It's the last game of the week. Everyone's going to want to bet it. Just be be careful, everybody, because I don't think this is as as black and white as it seems. All right. Uh, all 16 games, Steve. We did that pretty damn efficiently. Last question, as always, your 
cracking me up because you keep on going lower in the in the camera. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like start, they're starting to lose you over here. Um, <laughs> the, final, the final question, man. And by the way, Steve and I, two circuit entries. We both have survivor entries. It's going to be an exciting year. Thank you, everybody, for, for listening to us. We're going to keep it rolling every single week, and we're very excited to be back and be here with you. Steve, your big bulls bet of the week. Do you have any of any of these oh. home dogs or any of these big dogs? Oh, yeah. Any dogs that you might choose let me go, to let me go. win outright? Let me go to the lab really quick. Sure. I, for, I, I forgot about the big bulls. Uh, the big bet. balls, but I can start uh, talking first if you'd like. Uh, yeah, you go ahead real quick. Okay. And then I think – this is this is big balls, all right. But I think that the Houston Texans. Oh man, that's if they play fun. over their head, dude. If they play over their head, you know, if, if you think yeah. about the mechanics of the way a team plays, right? A new quarterback in a new system. I know Matt Ryan is bright. He's been here before, but they're on the road. According to Houston Texans fans, it's a new year. They have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. You can't tell them any different. And Lovey Smith, you know, he has nothing to lose, man. He's he's been to the Super Bowl before. Like, you know, he's been around. He's going to have his teams, I think, playing the kill. Why not put a little sprinkle, sprinkle here, sprinkle there on the Houston Texans? I think it could be a crazy upset week one. I like that. I was actually going to lean towards maybe that one, but I got another one. It's not as big of a spread, but I think uh, Patriots money line. We got, we got Bill Belichick against a rookie head coach. I think he knows how to limit uh, Tyreek Hill's production and that will that that'll kind of mess up uh, Tua, and he finally goes. Uh, he gets to notch one and three uh, against yeah. Tua. Let me let me ask the producer. Does that qualify as a big balls bet? <laughs> uh, maybe in the future, Steve, we do like five and over. But I but I hear you. Hey, it's a dog. It's a dog. It's a it's, dog. It's a dog. It's a dog. It's a it's a uh, it's positive money line. That's what we're looking That's at. Right. You know, That's you know, right. Value. It's plus money. Yeah, I, I mean, even the fact that that's a thing, Bill Belichick in week one plus money, mm-hmm. and, and it's and it's starting to rise. It's like, you know, it, it's a little scary, right? Like, does Vegas know something we don't? Or mm-hmm. maybe it's just public, you know, all, all this perception about the Dolphins is, is pushing and pushing it. I, I think a lot of it's Tyreek Hill. I really do. I think a lot of public perception with Tyreek Hill. And if you really... ask me, that's, a, that's a huge mistake. I mean, wide receivers moving the line. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, no, can, I agree. You can only do so much, you know. All right, well, that that uh, I think that ends it here. Steve, we're going on 50 minutes. We're going to try and keep this nice and efficient for everybody every week. Of course, we just do one podcast, so we want to get you as much quality information as we can. We will catch you next week at the same time-ish. You know, I don't know if we're going to go live this year because uh, at this time everybody's eating when we mm-hmm. you know, do record. Everyone's at dinner with their families and everything. But we'll be here every week at the Oddsbreakers talking about these NFL lines. You can check out Steve at Bobo Betts. Follow me at Farley Bets, and you can get our premium plays. You can get all of our actual picks at the Odds Breakers if you'd like as well. Follow Steve also with his soccer picks. I know he's doing really well with that. Until next time, let's win some damn money. Let's send us away, Steve. Let's fucking go. Thanks, guys.